0: Thank <laughs> This proved to be the final lap for Adelaide's Supercars event. And the fans responded! Climbing costs, falling crowds, less corporate support and coronavirus being blamed for killing off the city race after 21 years.
1: The future of a street circuit funded by the taxpayers of South Australia in this COVID environment is completely unviable.
2: On October 29, 2020, the South Australian Tourism Commission announced that the Superloop Adelaide 500 would not go ahead in 2021, that the state's contract with supercars would not be renewed for future years. They claimed the difficult decision was made after careful consideration of a number of factors, namely the impact of COVID-19 on one of the biggest event builds in the state and inability to recoup costs in a pandemic.
0: This event cost more than 10 million taxpayer dollars. Nine News understands the 2021 bill could have been closer to 20 million.
1: This is a very tough day. It is a tough decision, but I'm quite sure it's the right decision for the taxpayers of South Australia.
0: The race was born in 1999 to replace the Grand Prix Adelaide lost to Melbourne three and a half years earlier. Its demise drawing fierce backlash from one of the sports greats. In a
1: year where we've been smashed in the hospitality and tourism sectors, this is a time to galvanise and to keep these things going. I, I, as I said,
2: I'm blown away by the decision. by November 14 one young man had rallied over 200 people onto the steps of the South Australian Parliament House to try and bring the event back. Give
0: back! Give back More than 200 South Australian supercar fans have rallied in the city demanding the Adelaide 500 be reinstated the state government scrapped the event due to
2: rising costs a decision many have called a huge mistake supporting The rally today for, you know, the loss of the superb Adelaide 500. Everybody is so devo. We want the race back.
1: That's simple. Don't
2: cancel
3: our world-class event.
2: Sam had even managed to get the support of the South Australian opposition leader from the Labor Party, Peter Malinowskis.
3: We want South Australia to continue to have its position on the national sporting
2: calendar when it comes to motorsport. Sam Henderson... At the age of five, spoke his first full sentence at the Adelaide 500. Here's what he told Inside Motorsport last November.
0: Uh, when there with my dad down the fr- Friday, we walked through here. And and, and supercars were doing an order auto, driver's, drivers autograph session. And had had the and had two Holden Racing Team drivers, including Mark Scape. and. And it's Hall Kelly as well. So, and I remember, and I remember sitting on Skapey's lap, and we took, a, taking photos and autographs and all that. because I, I had my, I had my arm in the cast because I broke it, and virtually all virtually good a chunk of drivers actually signed it. But back uh, to Skapey, I, I remember sitting on his lap, and I said to him, I looked into his face, and I said, I'm going to drive your car, Ah Mike scafe. and that was, and, and that was okay and all that. But here's the thing. That sentence was the first sentence I spoke to anyone. Like, ever.
2: Sam is autistic, and at a young age, his parents were told by doctors that he'd be non-verbal for his life. His parents had believed that until that moment, at the Adelaide 500. The Adelaide 500 was a special event for Sam, and now he'll be remembered as the man who saved the 500.
0: And, and a lot of are saying that, you no, know, this was you. you no, know, I'd stop, you no know, and, you know, and, there's and I'm saying there's an appeal that I'm all like, no, oh, you never done anything in your life. Guess what? I just revived, it. I just revived like, the state's greatest street race.
2: Today on Inside Supercars, we hear from Sam Henderson, and also from long-time, Media manager for the Adelaide 500, Mike Drawer. For those nights when one drink with the girls turns into a bottle, but you need your car for brunch the next day, there's pickup. Or at Friday work drinks, where well, you don't want to leave your car with expensive tools at the pub, there's pickup.
3: Don't miss out on the fun. Get a pickup. Simply book on our app and we'll pick you up to drive you and your car home. Two drivers arrive, one drives you home in your car, and the other driver follows. Download the pickup app today. That's PKUP and
2: wake up, worry free.
0: Hi, I'm Fabian Colthorpe. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Inside Supercars. Shane Van Gisbergen from the Red Bull Holden Racing Team here. From the racetracks across Australia, out here's Inside Supercars.
3: Welcome to Inside Supercars, Tony Whitlock and Craig Gravel, and great news for motorsport in Australia and particularly for South Australia because with the change of government in South Australia that's coming in the days ahead, weeks ahead, is that the Adelaide 500 is highly likely, I mean i say percentage, but highly likely back on the schedule and back as soon as December 1 in 2022. And to that end, Craig actually spoke to a man you could say was born for the Adelaide 500. In fact, he was born in the year of the Adelaide 500. Sam Henderson.
2: Yeah, Sam started the whole Save the Adelaide 500 movement. and uh, We spoke to him on the show two years ago, I think it must have been now, and we follow up that initial talk about what he was trying to do with what he's actually achieved. So, Sam's a great young man who has put a lot of effort in with his family and then building up a whole community around the Save the Adelaide 500 organisation. I think you can call it now the Saved the Adelaide 500 because uh, uh, supercars announced over the weekend that they would be planning now with the New South Australian Government to commit to that 1st to the 4th of December date. And that is just one week after the Adelaide Motorsport Festival is now rescheduled. So motorsport focus in South Australia is going to be extremely high. And interestingly, you, Tony, have just finished speaking to the man who put the Adelaide Grand Prix and then the Adelaide 500 Into the newspapers, on the television stations for many, many years. Mike Drewer, who of course was the media manager for the event.
3: Indeed. And Mike has a a long history in motorsport. I knew him first in the 70s. And one of the things that a lot of people around the world are aware of, most of them wouldn't be sort of totally conscious of all the time, is that it was the South Australian Motorsport Board and people like Mike Drewer and Jeff Matner. And a whole plethora of people involved in the South Australian Motorsport Board taught Formula One how to do Formula One. It's wonderful that they get back a race that was so important to the city. Great news. It all happened over a weekend when there was an election in South Australia and a certain gentleman who'd made a a big promise and a big issue had said, I'm going to deliver something that they'd taken away. To talk about the return of the Adelaide 500, which hasn't happened yet, but... Is Mike Drewer, who was the media manager for the Adelaide-based Australian Grand Prix from '85 to '96. Uh, Mike, welcome back to Inside Supercars.
1: Pleasure to be here, Tony.
3: And I imagine uh, even more pleasurable because of the news that was delivered with the result on the weekend's election.
1: Look, it's fantastic news, and uh, obviously, you know, having had such a long association with motorsport and particularly the Adelaide Street Circuit. with as you say, Grand Prix, eleven years of Grand Prix in Adelaide, and then the Supercars from nineteen ninety nine until two thousand and twenty, um, you know, twenty two events uh, held in uh, in uh, in Adelaide for Supercars. It is just fantastic news, and uh, I think not just because you know uh, we want a race, but It was a terrible business, even though it was a long time ago. I think Adelaide still misses uh, not having the Grand Prix when it was, uh, if you like, stolen uh, by Melbourne. And and then for this now previous Premier of ours over here, Stephen Marshall, to dump the V8 without any consultation, I think it just felt a bit like... uh, we as a state, particularly a motorsport state, have been shot in the foot, you know. We delivered ourselves a, a terrible blow and uh, and a change in government, of course, it's all going to be fixed and uh, the announcement is there'll be a, a supercar event back on the calendar as the last uh, the last race of this year's season in December.
3: I agree with uh, 99% of what you said, the ceiling with, uh, I'll just leave that alone. But anyway, I remember my first ever motor racing dinner on a Sunday night was at the uh, 1985 Adelaide Grand Prix up there, one of the Italian restaurants. Beautiful restaurant we had. Sitting at the table next to us was Fittipaldi lad who was then driving an F1, I can't think who it was, and Rubens Barrichello. They were at the next table to us. It was a fantastic time. And one of the things that far more than Melbourne had ever done and will likely ever do is the city really rolled around and wallowed in the Grand Prix. It's something that that Melbourne hasn't done. And yes, it is a vastly different city for the Grand Prix. I I personally believe that any city in the world, whether that be Rome, Paris, Adelaide, or wherever, if it has an international event for 11 years, it's done well. And by crikey, the thing that, Mike, that you know full well is that the organisation that you work for taught Formula One how to do Formula One. Before Adelaide did it, they didn't do it. Not to pump yourself up, but agree
1: on that? Look, uh, yeah, yes, I mean, it does sound like uh, we're pumping up our own tyres, but I think that's absolutely right. Bernie Eccleston conceded that. He said that uh, Adelaide had taught him in Formula 1 a lot of lessons about how to run an event because it was more than a motor race. Uh, the, the whole corporate facilities... Um, part of the business we expanded which of course Bernie (laughs) found if he could make a lot of money out but we turned it into a a true festival with the concerts and the town itself as you say fully embracing um, the event as a carnival um, and it was so important uh, for Adelaide And uh, as you say, uh, you know, I worked on the Formula One Grand Prix in Melbourne, as you know, also, but it's never, you're right, had that sort of atmosphere. And I think it was important when supercars came onto the street circuit. You know, Tony Cochran, an ex-Adelaide guy, uh, when he persuaded him to get up to run his supercars, he knew what he was doing, because he knew what Adelaide could do with with Formula One. And uh, after that first supercar race, I can remember him saying, well, guys, You've done exactly what I wanted. You rolled out the F1 cars out of the garage and you put my cars in there and you've put on the same show. And uh, And I think that's pretty accurate. I think that's the way we all approach the supercars in Adelaide. You know, we gave them a huge billing. And, I mean, obviously Bathurst is the iconic circuit. Nobody's going to take anything away from that. But the iconic event uh, in terms of supercars, I think, was Adelaide. I think I was
3: down at Phillip Island for another race weekend where there was the Shannon's TCRs and 5,000s and things of that nature. But one of the rumours doing rounds was that Adelaide will get that December 1 to 4 meeting date that was shoehorned for the uh, Newcastle, but Newcastle may go in where Winton is and then maybe New Zealand will drop. So there are obviously a lot of things that supercars will be working very hard on. I imagine it'll be some days before we get a final confirmation on what's going to roll
1: out for the rest of this year. Yes, I believe that's the case. Um, certainly, uh, the now premier or premier elect uh, Peter Malinowskis is talking about, you know, the December date. I think that's uh, that's locked in. because Shane Howard is the uh, the relatively new CEO of SuperCars, which I must say I think is a very good appointment um, because he's been around long enough and knows what's going on. Um, uh, you know, they seem to be very happy with that, and. Uh, as a final round of the, the supercar championship, I mean, there's a fact you know it could well be a decider, and I think uh, they will relish the opportunity to finish their season on a high in Adelaide.
3: Almost a, um, a linchpin for the whole success from '85 onwards and through the supercars era in the streets of Adelaide was the way in which the South Australian Motorsport Board was set up. You obviously wouldn't have had any inkling yet as to what that's going to happen with that, have you yet?
1: No, the only thing I do know is that there's definitely going to be... Well, I've been told uh, virtually from the horse now that there will be a new South Australian Motorsport Board. Um, You know, there were some suggestions early in the piece that maybe supercars might run the event or that the tourism department here might run the event... I've been told neither of those options are right. That there will be a motorsport board formed, which is, in my view, the correct thing to do. It will be modelled uh, as was the previous motorsport board on the on the same model as, as the board that was set up for the Formula One event. And um, there are still some some pretty, uh, and I'm not not including myself in this, Tony, but there are some still some pretty. Uh, Good people around uh, around the city that were involved in the, either in the board or management um, that uh, I would think might be uh, might be interested in giving the the, the new event a hand and uh, and I know from Peter Malinowskis, uh, uh, the, the new premier, I met him several times a few weeks ago when when Nick Purkat, uh, Todd Hazelwood, and Scott Pye did a, a promotional visit here uh, with uh, Mr. Malinowskis. And he is absolutely determined that this is going to be a, you know, a big event. He wants a, he wants a big event. He wants big concerts. He wants the thing to go off with a bang. I mean, he's not, he hasn't committed himself to bring back this race uh, as a half-token effort. He wants it back to its former glory.
3: Of course, the, the landscape of motorsport in South Australia changed dramatically when the Shaheen brothers built Salem Bend. South Australian motorsport is, is different because it's no longer reliant just on Malala. That is a great little circuit, Malala, and now it's where we first met, Tom uh, Mike, rather back when you were running an AS in the in the nineteen seventies.
1: That's right, and uh, you know Malala has been a great uh, serv- servant of motorsport in Australia for many years. Uh, owned by Jim Smith, who was a great motor racing uh, driver and supporter in his day. And, of course, it's now owned by the Shahins, Malala as well as, of course, their, uh, their mega complex that they built up at Tail and Bend. And there will be a supercar event up at Tail and Bend. So South Australia will have two two events, uh, supercar events. And, look, I won't take anything away from Tail and Bend. Uh, the Shahins have put their, their money literally where their mouth is and built a, a very large complex with an on-site hotel above the, above the pit garages, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And uh, that's a magnificent complex. And, uh, and, and it should be supported but the fact is that will never it replace nor was it intended to the the atmosphere of a city street race and uh, and I don't think it's a case of and or I think it's a both can, can, uh, they both can cohabit very very successfully um, and, and I'm sure they will. I think unfortunately, uh, for reasons best known to themselves, the, the, the now defeated government—and boy, did they get defeated! They got thumped. And I'm not saying it's all over motorsport, but uh, there's no doubt about this—they got thumped by the, the, the voting public. I think that, that they are, you know, be relieved and happy to have, um, you know, both both facilities for motors or both events for motorsport in South Australia. As you know, Tony, I mean, this state, uh, while it's not as populated as uh, the eastern Seaport Got an enormous history in motorsport. You know Port Wakefield, where Jack Brabham won his first uh, Australian Grand Prix. Um, Australian Grand Prix held. of road races. Um, you know at Victor Harbor, Album. Um, You know the, the uh, Elfin. You know the manufacturer of racing cars here in South Australia. Um, Verano, you know, there's so many things that go back into the history of motorsport, and uh, and I'm just, uh, as I say, absolutely delighted with the, the news we've got that uh, that city street circuit, which uh, is pretty famous, is going to be back in business.
3: Adelaide and South Australia has long held a reputation as a cultured city, as a city where the Adelaide Art Show, you know, when when the the Art Centre was built there, it was a, a you know leader in the country. I, I sort of get the feeling that maybe Melanaskis is wanting to maybe commercially excite the state more than just have it being well-educated and well-informed and well-spoken, also to be financially really up and running. Is that, would that would be a thing that you think some of that's driving the uh, Labor Party, their win?
1: Look, I don't think there's any doubt about that. I think you're spot on. Uh, there's no doubt about it that he's identified the fact that you know, Adelaide, South Australia, and I mean, we are a city state, um, you know, the vast majority of the population of South Australia lives in Adelaide, and that, you know, we've got to be successful, and we've got to have big events, now, you know, the, the, the fact that we all, we like motorsport, and a lot of people like rock concerts, and festivals, and so forth, but it is an economic driver, and I think that's what he's identified, that, um that it'll be good for business, it'll be good for Adelaide's reputation, but it'll bring dollars into the state. And uh, I mean, that was one of the things that surprised everybody, notwithstanding whether you like motorsport or not. But the previous government just dumped it, despite the fact that it was the biggest ticketed event in South Australia. Um, And they they dumped it and then said, oh, we're going to get some other events, which they never did. I think Peter just is smart at that. And, uh, you know, you can walk and talk and chew gum. And, uh, you know, the thing that always reminds me of that was the now it's it's long gone, but uh, Rowley Park Speedway in South Australia was promoted by Kim and one of the, the landed gentry families of South Australia, who was also an art connoisseur with a fabulous art gallery, etc. Now, Kim Benighton was racing uh, speedways in the dirt and promoting the arts. And uh, so I think that's obvious proof you can do both.
3: And it's certainly uh, one of the things that makes the city such a wonderful place to be, to visit, and to live, as I have done many years ago. There's been lots of talk when the Liberal Party decided to sell off some of the infrastructure, some of the barricades and the seating, grandstands and and bridges and things like that, is is there much of it left at all or has it all been cleared out? Look, uh,
1: I I haven't got full details of that, Tony, but I did ask that question uh, when I had a meeting with, you know, some of Mr. Melnasker's people and uh, apparently there is still some of it left. Uh, Some of it's gone up to tail and bend. The government did some, or previous government, did some sort of deal with the, the Shahin organisation, um, and and but I've also been assured that the government or the new government is satisfied that they can either get some of the uh, the assets back. There are still some remaining, or they can hire or, or 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 build new what's necessary and get it done in time for a race in December. Incidentally, one of the uh, and I won't name him, but one of the. Uh, the the previous very senior board members of the uh, of the South Australian Motorsport Board, when he heard that the uh, the, the the previous the, the Liberal government was selling off the assets, you know, only sort of a, a year out from an election or even less, his a his description of that was that was just being mean spirited, and I reckon that's a pretty good description because to sell them off when you know, they knew they were going to face an election when the other party said they wanted to bring the race back was, I think, a pretty mean thing to do. Mike, before we
3: leave the subject, and aiding your credibility in in the sport, will you be putting your hand up to become re-involved in the uh, new effort for putting the, the race back on?
1: Oh, look, I don't know, Tony. I'm uh, being, I'm well and truly retired these days. Um, I would certainly be interested in doing so- anything I could to assist uh, whether it be in a, you know consulting, whatever role. I'm certainly not looking for a full-time job. Uh, I'm 75 these, uh, this year and uh, and I'm enjoying my retirement. But uh, anything I could do to assist, I'd be there with bells on and uh, and would be only too happy to do so.
3: Well, I'm sure uh, there'll, a lot of people will be saying, yes, we should get you involved because I can certainly remember I only did a couple of the Grand Prix in the day and, and thoroughly enjoyed being in the media room in, in Adelaide and certainly enjoyed 20 or so years when it was the Eclipseal 500 and, and the various other names it went under. But before we leave the subject, aiding your credibility in motorsport is that your son, who's now just picked up a recent position. Tell us about how Tom's going.
1: Yes, well, Tom, uh, my son, uh, uh, you yeah, know, raced, uh, you know, started racing karts here and then uh, Formula V and... Uh, and then saloon cars, and had a drive of the Jitsu V eight supercar. But then got a drive of the uh, the little sports racing, an American built car at the West, and did very well in that. Went over to America and, and won an Inter Championship. Um, and uh, he's never come back, Tony. He uh, he he raced over there for about four five, four or five years, um, and. Uh, like a lot of other racing drivers, despite the fact he would had success over there, sponsorship and so forth was always a, an issue. So he uh, he still does the has the occasional drive, but he he's more recently been involved in Radical Sports Cars, the English uh, uh, sports car manufacturer, and he had been uh, their American agent or distributor with about seven dealerships in. Uh, in the United States and so he was running that side of the, the, the radical operation but he's now just been appointed the, the global director for, for radical motorsports so he's uh, he's got the role of overseeing radical racing all around the world and uh, so I'm pretty, you know, which means a lot of travel between the US and, and England where the factory is and uh, and to races all around the world so, uh, so I'm pretty proud of him.
3: And well you should be because while we may have lost him as an Australian racing driver, he's certainly making his mark as an Australian in world motorsport. So congratulations, Mike, because you played a large part in helping Tom get over there. Um, let me just tell you, at Phillip Island, there was an enormous amount of enthusiasm for the event coming back this year, and uh, people looking forward. I mean, there were some Australians, South Australians uh, at Phillip Island, but the thing was that many, many people, many tens of thousands of people, I'd say, We'll be looking forward to that date when the cars will roll around the grid yet again on the streets of Adelaide. So, Mike Drewer, thank you so much for joining us on Inside Supercars. Always good to get your opinion on things and we'll certainly all the happen.
1: All right, Tony. Uh, uh, pleasure to talk to you and uh, and I hope to see you over here when the when the cars, as you say, roll around that Adelaide street circuit uh, in December.
2: I'm joined on the line by the man who started the whole save, the Adelaide 500 campaign. Sam Henderson, Sam, congratulations. All of that hard work by you, your family and the team that grew around you has now paid off in seeing the return of the Adelaide 500 and probably even more surprisingly, this year, it will close the championship.
0: Oh, heck yeah, absolutely incredible. Woo!
2: What has been your thoughts since Saturday night and the Labor Party's return to government.
0: Oh, I haven't stopped smiling since then. since then. It's just been like absolute euphoria is how, how I describe it. You know, because all people would say, oh, your, your opinion doesn't matter or no, nah, you know, the world's true. Well, guess what? That's proof that it isn't. Don't, don't, just don't be the per- Just don't give up, really, no matter what they say. Because once it happens, it makes it all the more satisfying knowing you've put in the
2: hard work. Some of the things that you helped coordinate and your you, your team put together, did you think you had it in you to be able to start a movement, a campaign like this?
0: I did not. I didn't I mean, honestly, that where they went from apartment House and did um, it. Was... Absolutely incredible, and like like I reckon even today, I'm still getting comments. Of... I'm still getting new comments over it, congratulating me me for what I've done. and it's, and a lot of people are saying that you no know, this was you. You know, I'd stop. You no, know, and you no know, and there's and I'm certain there's an appeal that of all like no oh, you never done anything in your life. Guess what? I just revived I just revived I have the state's greatest street race. What have you done?
2: It is a a fantastic tale. Over the journey you've met a whole range of people from all walks of life. What has some of the things that you've learnt from? Well, now a premier, race car drivers, and then general fans of motorsport.
0: I mean, all of them. All of them knew that the that Adelaide always put on the best the best events possible. From like way back in the Grand Prix days. And I'm sure there's still a lot of people within F1 that speak fondly of it, and you know, and, you know, since 1999, the year before I was born, one 500, yeah, 500 took over. So, and ever since then, since then, it's just. I it wasn't until now that I finally realized just how important this event was for a lot of people, because, you know, seeing those young kids climb climbing the cars, being absolutely starstruck, you and all that you know wanted to be close to their heroes that was me when I was five that was me when i was a kid so essentially what that meant for me was that, that i knew that was the right this desi- when I started was the right decision they also, everyone's going oh it's just all bogans and stuff i said and i said to that you cannot be more there's your kids there's like kids failing pro early in primary school than at Dorvis event. There's families who use that as the opportunity to bond with their family. And, and I feel that the best thing about all of it, it's it's not only for, I mean, per, for me personally, it was all about the networking and, you know, connecting with people, people within the industry, within the most sport industry. Because like I said, like a lot of kids in my, Kids when I around, probably around my age, age probably like, and even even in high school, they didn't know what they wanted to do in their lives. For me, I've never had that problem. I went for the 500 that one day in in 2005, and I knew what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. I was not going to let this event then be taken away from me, me or the state, for that matter. I was. I wasn't going to let that happen because, because it's, it's just... It was, they had no excuse. Like, honestly, Marshall & Co. had no excuse to get rid of them in the first place, in my opinion.
2: Some of the things that happened throughout the time, uh, most recently, the uh, the big event that you staged at Victoria Park, and I think you had all the South Australian current drivers in the series... On board and and with you at that event, can you do you pinch yourself to go? We just had so many people getting in behind and and really wanting to help achieve uh, what you started.
0: I, I suppose a little. I mean, it may not really fully sink in until until we actually get in through the gates for for both for both Adelaide events because the Adelaide Motorcycle festivals were Italian as well, which is also being held at which has been held a week before the Adelaide 500. So, so in all essence, that's just created, created two full weeks of motorsport all in the city. And you know, that part, I really hope does, does become a, does actually become a thing in regards to that. Well, again, I've had, I've had a lot of really amazing things happen in my life. My, I mean, even as, I mean, quite frankly, even as far, like honestly as far back as I was a kid, you know, you know, 2012 I had a hot lab with Stephen Richards later that year I went to HRT and so I uh, in a weird way it was it's kind of like like well I've always had been I always had that sort of thing but I, I couldn't I could never I could never have imagined imagine it wouldn't only be that that bi- that big but also well, of the fact that it would actually become part part of an, a political party's entire campaign even if during the official campaign period it wasn't brought up as much.
2: You have been studying at university at the same time you've been running this movement. How have you managed to juggle those two commitments?
0: <laughs> I don't... Well, like I said, it's lucky I enjoy uni because you know what they say, hey, if you enjoy, enjoy your work, you'll never work a day, for, day in your life. I've always... I mean, I've gotten a lot better at juggling things in the past if I'm going to be 100% honest. But you know, I mean, there were, I mean, there were a few, few little kings, kings and kings to start off with. Well, not in that sense, but you know, a few glitches, as it were. So, but no longer went on. You know, a lot of the what did occur outside of the uni, <laughs> outside of the uni years and all that. And in one of a few instances, I actually did a bit of work whilst I was at one of those events. So. I, so, admittedly, it was, I guess the times, difficult, but, you know, it was. I, I felt no different to juggling high school and, uh, you know, go-kart racing.
2: Well, congratulations on the hard work that, as I said, you, your family, and then that, that greater community that came together, I think, for race fans all around Australia... We are going to be looking forward to coming to Adelaide in December. And in some ways, Adelaide in December, it now harks back to the days of the Grand Prix where it was the the final Grand Prix of the year in Adelaide.
0: Certainly is. You know, and and again, Adelaide Most Festival the week before the week before the five hundreds. So great yeah, great great way to close the year out, I say.
2: Any chance we're going to be seeing you in team uniform and uh, realising the dream of being embedded in a team in December? Oh,
0: tough question. I might get back to you on that.
2: Well, Sam, congratulations. It has been a, a wonderful achievement, and I'm sure uh, there'll be a lot of people uh, raising a glass and saying thanks for your determination that sparked off the whole movement.
0: Thank you very much. I'm glad... Glad to have done it. I never did this, on, on, and I'll just save as much. There may been a bit of myself in it, but I did it because I knew how much it meant to people. I don't, I don't want to see any kids missing out on their dreams, dreams because of the decisions of what, just because of the decisions of a few
2: people. Sam, thank you very much for your time once again here on Inside Supercars.
0: Thank you very much.
3: It was absolutely wonderful to be at Phillip Island because... When the news came through that the election was so one-sided, a landslide, as they say, um, it wasn't the fact that a change of political parties, but the fact that the very thing that uh, the Labor Party had put as one of their corner pieces, the return of the Adelaide 500, it was a delight. People were just all really pleased to find that that race would be on again, and a whole bunch of people were saying, for instance, Ken Collier of the Australian GT category. They'd just won, won their second race, and I asked Ken if uh, would he like to get GTs there again because their new one-hour format that they run, was a Race Saturday, Race Sunday, it suits entirely uh, something like uh, an Adelaide 500. And he said, I don't care whether the GTs are there or not, I'm going to come there just for the event because it is fantastic. So with that sort of endorsement, there's no doubt that this will be a great return for a great race on the streets of Adelaide.
2: Yeah, it is indeed. And uh, we've got to hear from two very notable people in the history of the Adelaide 500, Mike Drewer and Sam Henderson, who will now forever go in the history books as the man who saved the Adelaide 500 Tonys.
3: That's it for another episode of Inside Supercars. We hope you enjoy the show and you'll tune in again next week. And by all means, at any stage... Tune in to sportradio.com.au and listen in. Thank you for joining us on Inside Supercars. Inside Supercars is produced
1: by Thunder Media. Tune in next time for more. Or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars.